Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Glad that you are with us. And uh, this is a program where we talk about uh, good things, news, events, you know, uh, folks here in the local community that are building up the body of Christ. Uh, in the Dallas and Fort Worth Diocese, and it's always a great pleasure when I'm able to speak to one of our priests, and I have a returning guest, uh, Father Jacob Dancasa has uh, been on before. He is uh, currently serving as pastoral administrator at Holy Family of Nazareth Parish in Irving, where he is about to enter into his second year as uh, the pastoral administrator there. He's also a prolific uh, author. Uh, he had a book that we spoke about uh, not, not too many months ago called Faith, Not Convenience, and uh, this one, as a father and husband, I'm very excited about. His most recent book, which is available now, is called A Spiritual Plan for Families, Preparing Your Home for a Life of Faith, Following the Examples of Saints Who Raised Families. And uh, that is going to be the topic of this interview. We'll tell you how you can get your hands on it and uh, a little bit of the details about it as well. Uh, father Dan Casa, uh, th- welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so uh, I, I mentioned before we started recording, you know, being a, a busy pastor, especially at a new parish, is busy enough, but you told me that you, you had already written this book uh, previously. You're just now getting around to publishing it. What, what was the, the timing of writing this one? Yes, I, I started writing this book shortly when the COVID hit. And I had someone, we are all locked down into our homes and I had some time with me. And so I wrote this and kept uh, revising it and working on it uh, until uh, recently that I decided to publish it. Yeah. I love uh, a couple of things I want to ask you about before we kind of dig into the content of the book. Uh, you dedicated it to your mom, uh, Naomi yes. Hadisa Dancasa. You said, whose example of prayer shaped my spiritual journey. I, I, I remain ever grateful to you, uh, mom. Is your mom still alive? Is uh, she? Uh, tell us a little bit more about her and the influence that she had on you. She's still alive. Unfortunately, she's uh going through dementia at this point, please let's pray for her. But she's still alive. She played a very big role in my life. And I reflected on this in the book, uh, in the chapter on prayer. I reflected on uh, what my mother's role was uh, in my life and how I learned how to pray through her. She was a woman uh, that was very busy. She was a busy woman having a, a very little, small, petty business in the open market. And it was that business that kept the family going. But she still found time to pray. She prayed in the morning. She prayed in the night before she goes to bed. And, you know, she was a vocal prayer. She prays out loud that you would hear her pray. So... We hearing her pray constantly made us to be so acquainted to her ways of prayer and seeing her pray indirectly kind of taught me uh, the importance of prayer. Uh, at that point, I didn't know that influence, but I realized growing up that I was using some of my mother's words to pray mm. because I, I heard her pray often and uh, she prayed in a sort of consistent way that I started using her words to pray. So I'm I'm not surprised that I went to the seminary and became a priest. And I still felt that my first spiritual formation came from my mom. 
because I, I, I learned how to pray through her. And obviously, until this day, I still use some of the words I heard my mom prayed. Oh. And she she prayed for all of us. She prayed for different intentions. And uh, as I said in the book, that even when I became a priest, her prayer was modified, that she was adding me to the prayer constantly, praying for her son, who's a priest. And there were times when I... I went home and I kind of started to sneak into her room to listen to her pray again. I've been mean, as a priest, mm. and I heard and I heard her pray it again with those words and also adding me into that prayer. So she has been a source of my spiritual life um, um, from the onset, and this is just by me hearing her and seeing her pray. That's beautiful. Well, uh, God bless her, and we will ask everybody that's listening to pray for her, especially as uh, she she undergoes the the, the illness that you talked about uh, that she's suffering with. Uh, you know, some people, uh, Father, may say, "Gosh, what does a, a priest know about family life?" And you know, he's never had kids, and he's never been married. But uh, I saw that you said in in the introduction, my motivation for writing this book is my many encounters with Catholic couples and families in the course of my ministry as a priest. Uh, I think that gives you uh, perhaps uh, even, an even better insight than somebody, you know, of course, I'm living marriage, uh, but you have been able to see it from kind of an outside third, third party perspective of speaking Correct. to so many couples. So tell us about how that influenced uh, the writing of this book. Well, I've been a priest for 17, for 18 years now this year. And uh, uh, all these, apart from my growing up as a child, being a, uh, a child growing up in a family, seeing the struggles of my own family and also looking at the struggles of my relatives in their different homes, their joys and sorrows all together. And being a priest, uh, constantly, we are the people that parishioners come to when they have issues. Sometimes they think the priest has solutions for everything, even if we don't. But they come to us all the time because they trust and they feel that we can provide them some keys. And I, I've prepared a lot of young people for marriages. And uh, after the marriages, I followed up with them through their lives. And I've seen couples come to me, young and old, with their marital issues. And oftentimes, they discuss these things. And sometimes you don't even have a solution for them. But there are times, as I said in the book, I just keep praying and asking God to give me the words to speak to them. And all of a sudden, when we get done with our discussion and I see them leaving the room so happy, not because I did anything extraordinary, but because God probably has given me the strength and the words to be able to give them the solace they need at that point. So the sample size of uh, the, the, marriage, uh, the marriages I've talked to, married couples I've talked to, is, uh, I think it's big enough to write even a bigger book than this. Mm. So put together my pastoral experiences about the joys of marriage life from my engagement and relationship with my parishioners and my friends, and also the sorrows too that go without, made me feel that um, I should write from a pastoral point of view what I feel is necessary for people to do to plan their spiritual lives for their families. And you know, we have plans for everything. People have plans for businesses. For a successful business, you got to have a business plan. And uh, even young couples, before they get married, they plan for the reception, for uh, the wedding gown and all that. 
But one thing I've come to realize is that the spiritual preparation is that which is not given any attention. Mm. Such that when, when, when couples get married, then they all of a sudden realize that there are a lot of things they should have discussed even before marriage. But even as they are married, they need to be open and be able to discuss some of these things. So I felt there is a need for a spiritual plan, just as there is a need for uh, us to plan our future, our businesses, and our lives. So putting this together pastorally, I was able to bring up this book, especially looking at uh, other other saints who are married. And you know, uh, the typical understanding of saints for many people are are people who were either scriptural, like St. Paul, St. Peter, or uh, those priests, nuns, religious who became saints. Not much is being said about saints who really married, uh, raised children, had their ups and downs struggles like many families do today. So I thought I should go through and, and be able to research on this, some of these saints and, and use them as a model to be able to help families to see that uh, the life they live today is a life that others lived and they lived it with joy despite the joys and struggles of it. And they are called saints today, not because they were perfect, but because they were able to allow God to be a part of that process in their families. So this motivated my, uh, my desire to write this book from a pastoral angle. I have, I, of course, as you said, I wasn't, I'm not married, but I did experiences from my pastoral life. For instance, one who is married may have his or her own personal experience as husband and wife to talk about. But I have a lot of experiences from confidential, from other marriages that many people uh, would, would love to hear about. So put together this, uh, I was able to create this material to help family people to be able to, to bring God into their homes in this way. Beautiful. The book is called A Spiritual Plan for Families, Preparing Your Home for a Life of Faith Following the Examples of Saints Who Raised Families. The author is Father Jacob Dancasa, uh, the pastor administrator of Holy Family of Nazareth Parish in Irving. You can go to enroutebooksandmedia.com, enroutebooksandmedia.com to purchase it. Uh, Perhaps it's at some of the the local Catholic bookstores as well. Of course, you can go to Amazon uh, to get the book as well. Father, you kind of alluded to some of the saints who raised families, and I'm just kind of off the top of my head thinking of uh, somebody like, uh, well, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was, of course, a, a wife and a mother before she entered religious life. I think of St. Therese's parents, who I believe have been canonized. Uh, who else comes to mind as far as examples that you write about in the book? I wrote about St. Louis IX, King of France. He was a king, and he got married. He had children. And uh, he's also, uh, as, a, as a very busy man, as, uh, as a king, uh, he, he was able to balance his, his royalty with his own family life and to be able to attend to people and bring up his children in the way of the faith. He taught his children how to live in the way of Christ and to be faithful to the teachings of the church. And as a king, he went to houses of the poor and served the poor. And definitely, he was not a perfect man himself. He struggled with short temper and gluttony, but he never allowed his struggles to keep him away from 
uh, bringing God into his family. So St. Louis the Ninth, King of France, was one. And St. Diana Mola, oh, yeah. it's another person who, uh, she, was, she was a medical doctor and general practitioner and a pediatrician. She married and had four children. Uh, during, her, during her fourth pregnancy, she had uh, problems with that pregnancy because she had uh, a, a diagnosed with fibroma. And the, the options were given to her, and one of most, some of the options were to abort the, the baby, uh, but she she stayed true and and decided not to, and she held on to it, and she was able to give birth to a healthy healthy child, and that example of um, steadfastness that made her to see. The sanctity of life is something that uh, every family person should be able to see at this point uh, in their lives. And she, even when the kids were younger, she was taming them, helping them to know Jesus. She did not live so long to see the kids grow. So she died uh, due to complications afterwards. But um, her husband, after her death, uh, testified that she was the strength of his faith herself. And there are other saints like um, St. Elizabeth of Portugal, St. Leonides of Alexandra, who was the father of origin, the great origin himself. Mm. So you can see how that man, the father, a father of the church, uh, was brought up by a man who really knew what it means to bring up his child in the way of faith. He identified... Uh, the gift that his child had from the very initial. He has several children, and he was able to teach them the, the knowledge of Scripture. And we can see how his endurance led him to martyrdom, and through his way of life that his son, Origen, became a father of the church, because if him as a father, he was able to, uh, to, to see what his son I had some talents for, especially in the way of knowing about God, and he never turned his eyes away. He helped uh, his son to to grow in that way. So he's an example of uh, of a family man who was able to give his own time for his children and understanding the different gifts that children have, and to to harness these gifts for the growth of their faith and. Other saints that married uh, include St. Margaret of Scotland. And I included some who are not canonized yet, but they are in the process of uh, being uh, canonized, like Blessed Hildegard Bruhan and mm. Venerable Elisabetta Tasca Serena. These were all married people. They went through life like any of us, and some of their lives were not uh, everything pleasurable. But uh, they, they still went through it with joy. So the examples of their lives were used in this to help us understand that uh, in the midst of the joys and sorrows of life, and if we endure and keep our families in the way of it with some consistent plan for the future uh, of, of our families spiritually, uh, we will be able to do our own part, our own part to build the faith in the hearts of our 
our families. That is awesome. I wish we had time to speak about each of the chapters. It looks like there's seven chapters and then also a sample template for creating your spiritual plan, which I think is awesome on page 133. I do want to ask you about uh, one of the particular chapters, and I think it's something that anybody who is raising kids uh, wants to hear your advice on. Chapter 5, Educating Your Children in the Faith. And uh, I know from a personal standpoint, you know, sometimes, you know, I push too hard. Sometimes I pull back too much. It's kind of hard to find that perfect balance of how much do you talk about the faith? You know, well, what, what, uh, give us a little preview of that chapter and what your advice is as far as raising children in the faith. Well, um, this chapter discusses how families can uh, sustain the spiritual life of their family through educating their children uh, on the importance of spiritual exercises that they will do as part of the family. You know, it explains how, how the head of families can teach their children that learning about their faith must be a major part of their lives and hence be, be made as part of their family spiritual plan. And especially areas of concentration here is uh, teaching their family the life of stewardship, and making the home the first classroom uh, for faith formation. You know, if there is anything that we need to do to be able to bring our children in the way of the faith is to help them understand that the faith is built in this domestic church. Domestic church, which is the home, and the parents are the first teachers. As I said of my mom, I felt she was the first teacher of my faith to me in that way. So for every family that should be able to see that, um, that the parents themselves need to be equipped with the basic knowledge of the faith if they will have to teach their children, which means that the parents have to be an example of faith. They have to learn the faith themselves and be able to let the children find a way of knowing this faith. Now the home as the faith, as the first faith formation classroom. I stress that in that book, because for instance, in our parishes, we have faith, faith formation uh, sessions, but that is not enough. That is not enough that uh, people in the church are helping to teach our children the faith. All parents should be able to see that this faith is being groomed from the home. Mm. And that is why today in many parishes, uh, this this family faith formation is 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 the in thing. Like in my parish right now, we have what we call the legacy faith formation that we just started this year, where we want uh, the the families to be involved in the faith of their children. We just don't want it to be a graduation program where children will see that well, I'm going in for first communion, I'm done. Then I go in for confirmation, I'm done. Then maybe come for marriage, which of course is what we see today. But we want to see where parents become part of the education of their children in faith. And the sense, some of the sense that uh, I discuss in this book also were part of it, like St. Leonides, as I said, of Alexandra, the father of origin. He was instrumental in, in seeing that his son grew to know the faith. Mm. And we, we can see what his son became today. Yeah. Uh, uh, St. Louis, think of France, helped his children uh, to understand the dangers of heresy. 
by challenging them not to allow their lives of faith to, to be defined by the many heresies prevalent in their time. And some of these things were very deliberate, making uh, the faith to be built in the, in the heart of the children. So this particular chapter is challenging parents to say, listen, don't just let go of these children and think we send them to faith formation classes in the church and that's it, that's enough. They learn from us. The majority yeah. of time, the children stay outside the church. And they have been influenced by school, influenced by, uh, by friends, influenced by family. And we, as a family, must be the strongest influencers of our kids. Yes. And another part that I want, uh, and I want to, be, to stress He's here. He's got about 30, 30 seconds left, Father, if you could. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a life of stewardship where yeah. parents have to consistently show by their own way of participating and volunteering in church, uh, help their children understand that it is very important to be part of the church in that way. Yeah, yeah, very important. It's it's a it's a wonderful book. Uh, I'm very excited to read it myself. I, I thank you for writing it because I I know it's it's very badly needed uh, among Catholic families. As I hear you talk, it just you know it, it's it's such important information. So uh, the the book again is called A Spiritual Plan for Families: Preparing Your Home for a Life of Faith, Following the Example of Saints Who Raised Families. The author is Father Jacob Dancasa. Again, he's a pastoral administrator at Holy Family of Nazareth Parish. You can see he's implementing these uh, strategies at, at the parish level and how important it is for parents to be actively involved in the education of their parents. Uh, you can pick up the book uh, by going to enroutebooksandmedia.com. That's E-N-R-O-U-T-E, booksandmedia.com. Uh, also uh, Amazon and uh, maybe some of the Catholic bookstores that picked it up as well. Uh, Father Jacob Dancasa, thanks so much. I wish we had more time. It's a fascinating topic, and th thank you for being on with us today. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for having me, and I look forward to seeing you soon, too, uh, as just, just for us to continue the conversation in a different way. <laughs> well, let us know the next time your next book comes out or, or anything, and anything we can do to talk to you. So it's always fascinating to talk to you, and thank you for uh, being uh, such a, it's an amazing shepherd for your, your community and even beyond with this book. Uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, this has been the interview of the week here on KTH 910 AM. Thank you to Diane Xavier for running the board. Thank you for listening. And if you have future suggestions uh, for interviews, you can email me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks.